been looking through Matthew's gospel in these evening services and, and picking out certain passages. Next week, as Paul said, um, we've got a baptism service, so that's just going to be fantastic as we baptize people in water as a sign of their faith in Jesus Christ and uh, listen to their testimonies and their stories. And then, of course, we've got this, this fantastic Winter Wonderland concert and uh, some of the specials throughout December. Um, so we're going we're gonna to have a great time in the evening as well as we come into, into Advent, uh, which starts next Sunday is the start of Advent. So um, going to have a, have a great lead in to, to Christmas. Looking forward to it. Um, I want to read you a passage tonight from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 6. And I want to talk about our Father. Um, Matthew 6, verses 6 to 15. If you want to follow it in any of your Bibles, devices, however you read the Bible these days, uh, Matthew 6, 6 to 15, or 5. I'll start at 5. This is Jesus speaking. These words are in red in my Bible. These are Jesus' words. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or our sins as we also have forgiven our debtors or those that sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I want to talk tonight briefly about how to have a breakthrough in your life by seeking God. And God wants to, God wants to answer your prayer and your prayers. He wants to break through in your life. You know, Jesus chose 12 men to be his interns, to be his disciples and to spend time with him. And these 12 men, as they walked around with Jesus in ancient Palestine, they saw some amazing things, didn't they? They saw healings, and they saw miracles, and they saw the crowds coming to listen to Jesus. They saw people being raised from the dead. They heard great sermons. But when they went to Jesus, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to preach. <laughs> they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to heal. Or they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they'd watched Jesus disappear off over the horizon early in the morning. 
before they were even getting up, as they were stirring, they'd seen him skedaddle off to be by himself and talk to his father. They'd seen after the great crowds had come to listen to Jesus and he'd done the most amazing miracles and the, the buzz in the room was amazing or on the hillside. They'd seen him disappear off and talk to his father and pray. They'd watched him for these last few years and they'd seen him uh, communing with his father and how that always seemed to precede and follow any kind of acts of greatness or power, any breakthroughs. It seemed that Jesus would go and spend time with his father. And so when the disciples, these interns, these followers, when they came to Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. How do we do that? Prayer was a secret power behind the teaching and the preaching and the miracles and everything else that Jesus did. And much prayer has been said, much power. Little prayer, little power. And most of us are not very confident about prayer. Prayer is confusing to us. We don't know what to say sometimes and we don't know what to pray. We've had conversations in our house about that. We're filled with doubt and confusion and insecurities about how we're praying and whether we're praying right or whether we're doing it right. And today, I want to take the worry out of prayer for us and I want us to be confident to know that we can pray and to know how to pray to, to our Father in heaven. Jesus' followers said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus said, when you pray, begin by saying, our Father in heaven. Start like that. This was shocking to Jesus' audience. Because up until that point in history, no one had called God Father. So when Jesus taught them this, this was, this was revelation. This was amazing. Nobody had ever talked like this before. And prayer is not about words in that you don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to choose just the right word when you're talking to God. It's, it's about a relationship with a father. It's a very special kind of relationship. Because it's between a father and a child. And there's a way to pray that, the, that is the pagan way, Jesus said. There's a way to pray that is the Christian way. There's a Christian way to pray and there's a pagan way to pray. And Jesus delineated between the two. He said, don't pray like the pagans. They, they pray with lots and lots of words. They babble. They think that because of their many words, that somehow they're going to be heard by God in heaven by their repetitions and their babbling and their incantations. Don't pray like that, Jesus said. That they think that they are going to be heard because of their many words. Jesus said, it's not like that. That's not how you pray. Go to God as your Father. And Jesus was saying, there's two different bases on which you can pray. You can have a business relationship or you can have a, or you can have a personal close family relationship with God. You can come either way and there are many people that come to God like it's a transaction. Like the more I put in, the more I pray, the more words I say. If I do it just right, if I use the right words, if I'm eloquent enough, if I tick the right boxes, then God will hear me and God will answer me. But Jesus said it's not like that. You come to God as your father. You come in a, in a family relationship. The first relationship is what I have. It's a performance, and I've got to perform right. And the second one is who I am. It's, it's my relationship. It's my commitment to God. You can approach God on a, on a business, 
basis or on a family basis. On the business basis, you will babble and your words will be many and you will feel pressure to perform and to do it right. They heap up, the King James Version says, they heap up empty phrases and they think they will be heard because of their vain repetitions. A little child does not wonder how best to phrase their request to their father. They just don't. God is not some abstract, impersonal force. To pray, you have to realize, you have to realize that God is your father. And God has chosen the name Father. And God says, I want you to call me Father when you come to me. And God's got male and female qualities. And we were made in his image. No one person has all of the image of God. When you look at a woman, they have aspects of the image of God in them. And when you look at a man, they have aspects of the image of God in them. God is neither male nor female. But we, each of us carry aspects of the image of God in us. But we are called to call him Father. To, together we project what God is really like. God is a spirit. He says, call me Father. And Jesus says, call him Abba. And, and, God, and Jesus called him Abba, pa, Papa, Daddy. A term of endearment, a term of love, a term of closeness. God is not a CEO in the sky waiting to judge your prayers. He is your dad. He's your father. Now this is a problem for some people, isn't it? For some people, and I was talking to someone today at the Connect Lunch who was saying exactly this. Father is a negative term for some people. Maybe your dad was absent when you're growing up. Maybe your dad was abusive. Um, but God is unlike any father on earth. There are good fathers on earth, but every dad is flawed. Every, every father is flawed on earth. Every one of us is imperfect and make mistakes. I am not a perfect dad. Sometimes Jenny, my wife, reminds me of that. She tells me. She gives me a look. She tells me I've got to apologize to the kids when I've been too strict or too, too loud or too angry. I have to apologize sometimes when I've been wrong, when I've been too harsh. There are no perfect earthly fathers. But your father in heaven is absolutely perfect. And some of you grew up with inconsistent dads, but God is not like your dad. He's perfect. And he understands you and he knows what you think more than you know what you think. What kind of father is God? And God is, God is a caring father. He will never stop loving you. He'll never stop loving you. He's close. He's with you all the time. He's consistent. He's always the same. He is capable. He's committed to you. And in Matthew 7, as we've, as we've read this passage in Matthew 6, and then into Matthew 7, we find, we find five reasons that you can always pray with confidence. So Matthew 7, verses 7 to 12, if we go on, says here, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Five reasons that we can pray with confidence, no matter who we are. You don't have to worry about knowing how to pray or doing it just right. Do it the way that Jesus said. And and here we see, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Imagine that I said to you as you were leaving church this evening, what, what if I said, go to the house across the road, the one with the green door, and when they open the door, they will give you one million pounds. Would you go after the service, if that was true, would you go and knock on the green door, just a little polite rap, and then if nobody answered, oh well, and wander away. If you knew that if you knocked on that door, on that green door across the road, there was a million pounds on the other side, you'd be hammering on that door. It wouldn't be a little polite tap, it would be, let me in. (laughs) Give me, open the door. Loud and clear until someone opened the door. And Jesus said, don't just knock once. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Don't just ask and then wander off. Oh, well. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Now, since even you as sinful, imperfect parents, you know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more does your good and perfect Father in heaven give good gifts to you? And five reasons that we don't have to worry when we pray. First of all, God promises to answer us if we keep on asking. In Matthew 7 it says, keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for anyone who asks will receive. And anyone who seeks will find, and anyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Asking, seeking, knocking. The A-S-K, ask, 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 seek, knock. The three ways of saying the same thing. And proximity makes a difference. When I am close to my father, I can just ask. If I'm close, I just ask, hey, dad, I need something. When I'm not so close to my father, perhaps I must seek him. Where, where is God? Is, is dad in the office or is he in the garage? Where is he? If I'm, if I'm distant from God, I need, I need to seek him. And if there's a barrier in the way between me and God for some reason, then I need to knock. It doesn't matter how close or how far away you are from God tonight. God still wants you to ask. If you feel really close to him, hey, dad, I need something. To seek him if he feels a little bit distant. And to knock if there feels like there's a barrier between you and God. You don't have to clean up your life first or get it all sorted. Whether you're really close to God or you're trying to find him, it doesn't matter. You can still call on God and ask God for anything in prayer. You can ask for anything. It doesn't matter. He's going to give it to you, it says here. God always answers prayer, but it doesn't always mean he says yes. So the first thing is, is that God promises to answer us if we keep on asking. The promise is here in Scripture. 
God doesn't always say yes to what we ask for. So the second thing to remember that can give us confidence in how we pray to God is God will never give me anything that is unhelpful when I ask him for things. He'll never give me anything that is unhelpful to my life. So we read here in Matthew 7 verse 9, if your child asks you for some bread to eat, would any of you fathers give him a stone instead? So I'm asking for bread. Will my father give me something bad instead? You wouldn't do that to your child, would you? My children sometimes, uh, Isaac's left home now, and Beth's still at home, but they would come in hungry from school sometimes, and I have not yet once, when they have asked me for some food, I have not yet once tossed them a rock and said, hey, chew on that. <laughs> Eat a rock. The Hebrew humor uses exaggeration. <laughs> it's ridiculous, Jesus says. It's ridiculous to think that a mother or a father will give you something bad. If your child comes, Dad, I'm hungry and throw him a rock. You just wouldn't do that. If you ask God for something good, he's not going to give you something bad. God is a good and a loving God, and he knows what you need. And what will give your life meaning and significance? And this is good news, because it means I don't have to censor my prayers. Do you ever think, am I praying the right thing? Am I asking God for the right thing? What if this isn't God's will? If I pray for this job over here, what if God doesn't want me to get this job? If I pray about this girlfriend over here that I think I might want to go out with or I might want to marry, what if God doesn't want me to do that? And, and sometimes we can twist ourselves up in knots. What if I'm not praying the right thing? So stop censoring your prayers. Ask God... Ask God, seek and knock, and if, if it's not good for you, God won't give it you. God will not give you something bad that is not good for you. So you don't need to self-censor sometimes. You can ask God in dialogue and say, God, I'd really like this. And if it's not the right thing for you, God won't give it you anyway. A child could ask for the wrong things, in which case a good father says no. You're not having it. <laughs> if your four-year-old comes up to you and asks you for the car keys, you're probably going to say no. If she wants to drink the bottle of bleach or play with the oven or the hob, you are going to say no. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Don't worry in that sense about your requests. Just ask. God will not give you what is unhelpful. And the third thing to remember, to help us in this breakthrough of prayers, Jesus teaches us on prayer, is God will never give me anything that could harm me. So, secondly, God will never give me anything that is unhelpful. And thirdly, God will never give me anything that could harm me. Matthew 7, verse 10, If your child asks you for some fish, would you put a snake on his plate? We like fish in our family. I've made the kids mackerel before of different kinds of fish. As a father, I'm not going to sneak a snake onto the plate. No loving parent would do that. Snakes can be dangerous and even deadly. You might ask for something, 
that would be incredibly destructive in your life. And God won't do that. It gives us confidence in prayer as we pray to our Father. You can ask and you can pray with total confidence. God will take care of you. He won't give you something harmful. The fourth thing to remember in this passage is God will only give me what's best for me. So in Matthew 7, verse 11, now since even you as a sinful, imperfect parent know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your good and perfect Father in heaven give only gifts that are good to those that ask him? You know, God is not a slot machine. Uh, You put in your prayer, you pull the lever, or a vending machine. God will only give you the best. God's not your genie. This is not Aladdin's lamp. God is not your butler or your vending machine. He's your father, and he loves you more than you love yourself. And God says, I am waiting and wanting to answer your prayer. You don't need fancy prayers. You don't need eloquent prayers. You don't need anxious prayers. You don't approach me like pagans, like a business transaction. You don't have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat so that God will hear you with many repetitions. You don't have to beg God and God will give you what's best for you. God wants you to have a breakthrough. God says, you don't have because you don't ask. So the first four things, none of them have anything that has to do with you. God will take care of things. I just ask and I seek and I knock and God takes care of the rest. But the fifth thing is that we see in this passage is God wants me to give to others what I want to get myself. In this passage at the end of Matthew 7, we read in verse 12, so in every situation, always do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this sums up the commands and the teachings in the Bible. This is called the golden rule. You do to others what you want them to do to you. Treat others the way you want them to treat you. But Jesus says this at the end of a passage on prayer. It's connected to prayer. And people ask, would you pray for me? And what should I pray? Well, pray whatever you would like people to pray for you. I'd like safety, I'd like security, I'd like success. I, I, do you want financial blessing? Do you want a healthy, a, health, a healthy body? A better use of time? Whatever you want God to do for you, pray that for someone else. Do it for others. Treat others the way that God treats you. It's a simple prayer. God doesn't want you to be selfish. In Job 42 verse 10, we read these words. After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. You see, after Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. And at the end of this passage in Ask and Seek and Knock, it says, what you want done to you, do it for others. So don't just pray for yourself all the time. Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me. Lord, give this to me. Lord, do that for me. Start to pray for someone else. Lord, bless them. Lord, give them an extra special blessing this week. Lord, they look like they're in need. God, would you bless them? This this morning we were singing the blessing over the church. You know, the blessing song. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And then we're singing about our children and our children's children. And as we're standing there singing this blessing song, I'm thinking, God, bless bless my kids. 
Bless my kids, Lord. Bless Isaac in London. Bless Beth. Lord, bless my kids and bless their children, my children's children and my, my spiritual children and my, yeah, bless others, Lord. And as, as we're praying for other people, the Bible says, as we refresh others, we will ourselves be refreshed. And as Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, God gave him twice as much as he had before her. Because he wasn't just concerned about himself. He's just starting to, God, please, would you bless them? And God, would you please help them? And would you please heal them? And, and we start to pray for one another. And it's, it's not just that we want for ourselves, but whatever we want for ourselves, pray it for someone else. God, I'd like to be encouraged. Would you encourage someone else? <laughs> would you bless someone else just as I would like to be blessed? Pray for other people's breakthroughs. If you need a breakthrough, pray for someone else's breakthrough. And God will give you your breakthrough too. And guess what will happen in your life? You can be confident, you can be bold in prayer because you're coming to your, you're coming to your heavenly Father. So, so the disciples, these interns of Jesus, they didn't, when they came, they didn't, for their breakthrough, they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, teach us to pray for the sick. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because I think, I have an inkling that prayer is behind a lot of other stuff. And a saint is nothing else than what he is or she is on their knees. So Lord, teach us to pray. And if you're anything like me, you can wrap yourself in all kinds of contortions, I've got to pray right, I've got to pray long enough, I've got to say the right thing, I've got to pray the right way. But Jesus says, look, this is not a business transaction. Do not pray like the pagans. <laughs> Do not pray thinking you need to repeat the right things or, or, or vain repetitions or babbling. Don't do that. Pray to God who is your Father. And your Father who is in heaven will hear you and he will answer you. And if tonight you feel close to God, you can just ask him, Dad, Father, I really need your help. You know, sometimes I really have got no clue how to pray. About certain situations, I just can't see a way through. I don't know what the answer is. And so honestly, my, my biggest prayers for the last few months has been, God, help. <laughs> God, help. <laughs> God, have mercy. <laughs> It's a great prayer. John Wimber said it's one of the best and most powerful prayers. Lord, help. And this ancient prayer, Lord, have mercy. You don't need to be complicated, but you can ask. Come to your Father and ask. If you feel a little bit far away from God, you've not really been praying very much, he feels distant, and start to seek him. Where is God? Start to seek him and find him. And if you feel like there's a great big obstacle between you and God, then knock and keep on knocking. And, and the door will be opened to you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> Jesus is knocking on our door. <laughs> if any man hears my voice, I will open the door and sup with him and he with me. <laughs> the Lord is near to us tonight. I'd like us to pray to our Father. I'd like you to pray to your Father. I'd like you to do two things tonight. I'd like you to pray for yourself. And maybe there's a real burden on your heart. Maybe you're facing something this week. Maybe there's circumstances in your life 
that are very troubling to you. Maybe you've got a dear relative, somebody that you care greatly for, something that's deeply concerning you tonight. In just a few moments, I'm going to ask Andy to come up and help me on, on the keyboard. And... But let's pray. It doesn't have to be complicated. Whatever's on your heart tonight, just talk to your father and he will hear you. We'll take a few moments to do that. And then I want you to pray for someone else. I want you to, I want you to turn outwards. And whatever you want for yourself, pray it for someone else. <laughs> Job prayed for his friends and then the Lord restored his fortunes. Um, so let's for a few moments pray uh, for ourselves to our Father in heaven as we Sit at the feet of Jesus tonight. Um, What is on your heart? Um, The Lord hears you. Shall we close our eyes to help us? And I'm going to ask Andy to play for us. uh, And um, I'd just like you to spend a few moments just lifting your heart to God and reaching out to him. He hears you. He is close. He is your father. Father.